0: sidetracked the music podcast
1: hello and welcome to the Sidetrack music podcast we're back again zephyr how's it going it's going good how, how are you how are you i'm very good thank you and uh zach is also in in the room in the virtual room what's going on
0: i am i am Ah. Uh here we begin with more awkward hellos it's it's more of a yes classic i don't know i need podcast beginning
1: now oh god yeah i need to work on that i don't know i need to <laughs> yeah, we really i should take guys this, this is
0: all
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i'll just i don't know anyway um and today we also have uh, a guest uh in the podcast we have albert genoa who goes under the name of genoa who um, at the time of recording will be releasing uh his debut album soon but by the time you've listened to this it's already out so we'll have the link to the album in the show notes but uh albert thanks for joining us yeah um, it's a pleasure to be here
2: i'm looking forward to talking about some music and i'm also glad that i've been got something to do in the morning and been dragged out of bed before midday so i'm happy to be here <laughs> it's always a good thing so it's always well good
1: said thing. very very professional um Okay, well, um, as usual, in part, uh, and we, so we'll uh, interview, uh, well, semi-interview Albert about the new album and his inspirations and all that in part two for the Artist Spotlight, but as usual, part one is going to be the brief, um, and this week I set the brief, and we've gone for niche singles, and um, to make it even stricter, we've set a kind of Spotify streams limit of 10 million streams. Um so zephyr what have you brought in
3: um so i've brought a song by this artist that i found um i think through radio six um my dad actually showed it to me she's called Sampa the great um and she's zambian and she was raised in botswana and is now based in melbourne and she released this amazing um single on the 5th of june called final form um, and I just think it's such a cool track and I just want to play it straight away and then we can talk about it afterwards so yeah his Final Form by Sam for the break. the lace lady travel with grace baby I can't afford to cover the course of course maybe settle that one in court cause judging by the basics you are already comfortable stuck up in the matrix shit is basic patch credentials I well, understand your favourite rapper peep my gold potential I'm out of shame so that was final form by Sampa the great and um i found it i think i already mentioned this i found it on radio six and radio six is great for all these sort of niche sort of songs because they always have these great djs who like jazz peterson and i'm trying to think of other ones but i'm losing Norman Jay as well I think he used to play and they always find like these kind of really new interesting musicians that they can just put out there and you can always find the greatest stuff and that's why I think the radio is really good because I keep hearing like everyone now uses Spotify and streaming stuff but I think a good thing about the radio is you can find stuff like this and this is just such a cool hip-hop like track it's got like it's, I mean, it's obviously sample-based. Um, I think the main sample is from Stay Away From Me by The Silvers, which is uh, a funk tune, unsurprisingly, always linking back to funk uh, on the Sidetrack Music podcast. But, um, of <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just kind of a cool rap song. I was mean, just, I don't know. There's not much else to say about it. What do you guys think about it?
0: That's all I have to say. I love the horn samples in it. Um, I think there's like there's a moment around the middle where the the horns drop out and then, there's like another section for like for like literally five seconds and then it goes back into horns i'm like man that's cool
3: yeah it Um, does it does that bridge thing that thing comes back at the end i think it's a really cool bit it's like um i think that is also that might be the sample from long red which is by mountain i think that's just a kind of short clip like sped up and chopped up and just kind of put in there and it feels it's really like it's a cool break and it feels like a, a very it's like a takeaway from the song and i want more of it like you only get like you said like five seconds of it and it's just quite it's really weird, cool. but it's really cool. Sorry, you got-
2: but, yeah, <clears throat> that bit in the middle where the horns drop out is really cool because it's been—it's such a driving force for the like whole from the because you have got the really long intro where that's like the, the thing you're listening to, and then it's still so prominent even over the the rapping. And then when it drops out, it just feels like it's kind of opened up so much and got all this space, which it's such a cool effect that it creates.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, th- those horns are really prominent. I mean, you had like thirty seconds of just incredibly long horn notes and you're thinking when's this gonna stop
3: (laughs) yeah i always do feel the intro's a little (laughs) the intro's a little bit dragging on but i still think it's quite cool like it it really builds up it's like the tension like you think like 20 seconds into the intro like oh surely it must have kicked in now and it just doesn't it just gives you another 20 seconds but yeah jules i think you had something to say
1: yeah well i mean i i feel it's not a very musical comment but but that, that horn line I have heard before somewhere in an advert or something or like a soundtrack. I can't put my finger on it. So if anyone knows, please get in touch because it's going to bug me for ages.
0: I think it's but, like um, oakwood, maybe. Like I got the power. I'm not even sure. I, I don't really know. I've heard it. I've heard it too. Um, I've heard it before. And it's, okay, it's just it has in the actually been, been sampled.
3: That stay away from me, which I think is the horns bit, has been sampled in three other songs. Um, I don't know any of them but hmm. I mean, I can, listen to not think it's a song once.
1: that I can think of. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, but is it not I'll a song also give you some... like a little advert. I've, I'm sure I think it's an advert, like a home-based thing or something. I can't remember. Anyway, um, Actually, he's got that home-based sponsorship on the sidetrack music. Podcast. No, we don't. Yeah. Obviously. We've gone through the sponsorships before <laughs> other, other home supply stores are available as usual. <laughs> I think it's from the picture house. There's one of the picture house adverts that they play like before the films. I think that's what they, they use it. Anyway, I'll have to oh, it. I love Get those. Them. Sorry,
3: <laughs> <laughs> getting <laughs> sidetracked. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: yeah. Uh, I'll to finish off on this episode. I'll I'll give the the stream number. You have snuck in just under ten million with uh, nine million one hundred seventy six thousand six hundred thirty seven streams on Spotify. So well done there. You, you've manipulated the numbers well. I have um, gone just about
3: yes, made it. just under.
1: Yeah, just about made <laughs> it. And uh, so Albert's choice uh is even closer to the to the uh well at the maximum you've got nine million five hundred thirty three thousand one hundred and six zephyr just scraped in with his if you thought zephyr yeah you've cut it fine as well in
2: with his uh i have cut it fine i i almost didn't do it before i because i didn't think it was that niche and then i asked how much was a niche single i was told 10 million on spotify so just managed to make it in but uh my song is so real by Jeff Buckley the late great Jeff Buckley who was one of the most fantastic singers rock singers of the uh like 90s and it was uh, he only did one album during his lifetime uh before he, his tr- tragic very very young death uh and uh, it was called Grace and he's most known for his Cover of Hallelujah, which is probably the most famous version of the song now. Um, but this particular song, uh, it's really quite unique. It's the chords are quite unique. It kind of the beginning, the beginning of it has this kind of intro where he kind of slides around a bit on the guitar, kind of sort of ambiguously, and then he kind of alternates between E diminished, and E minor, um, in this really kind of dark sound. And he's got the most like fantastic singing voice. Uh, and he's just he has these like incredible leaps It leaps up uh, to some really high notes uh, switching to his head voice um, and it's just really catchy and really good and it's got some really kind of unique shapes he's playing on the guitar so I just think it's a great song
3: should we play that now um, yeah so yeah it's so real by Jeff J. Buckley
1: love let me sleep tonight on your couch and remember the smell Of the fabric Of your simple city dress Oh, that was so
0: So that was uh, "So Real" by Jeff Buckley. Um, yeah, really cool track. I haven't really heard that. I haven't really heard that chord sequence before that much in um, kind of pop and a modern setting. Um, from like, as you were saying, like E diminished to E minor. Um, actually, could you demonstrate that, that for us again, Albert? Because uh, um, just for the audience to
2: hear. Uh, yeah, I can, and it's also interesting because it's well. Play it first. Uh, those are the exact shapes he's using so you get the really between and uh and that real tension and then the real resolution on that and uh it's a really good sound and also not only the chords he's using but the way he's playing them on the guitar the shapes he's using uh and not shapes that i've seen in any other song and he's really sliding he he's um does something that i've not really seen in in pop or rock music at all i've only ever seen it in classical guitar really where he takes a kind of shape of a chord uh you get in classical guitar a lot where you take a shape of a chord and you'll slide it up and down the neck and that will the neck of the guitar and therefore you get these really weird dissonances like um to that kind of thing um where you oh. get dissonances with the strings that you're not fretting. But he does that in a kind of pop and rock setting where he goes, um, which is quite a unique sound. And it could almost, if he was finger picking, it, it could almost be kind of a classical guitar kind of thing.
3: You know, that voice leading bit, um, the bit that you showed just before, that reminded me of, um, I think it's Kashmir. Is it, is it by Led Zeppelin? Do yeah. you know the one I mean? You know the da 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 Yeah, the yeah. kind of that sort <laughs> of tension. No, but it, like I mean, more like the voice leading tension notes. It's kind of that that kind of I mean
2: that. Well, Kashmir's also got the tension because the drums are playing four four and the strings and guitar are playing three four. So you have got the rhythmic as well as the.
3: Yeah, that makes that that does make sense actually. Yeah, yeah. No, I always remember there's a weird rhythm thing in that song, isn't there? <laughs> um, but we're not talking about that song. We're talking about "So Real" by Jeff Buckley. That's, so that's like a very obscure song.
0: Yes, exactly. (laughs) Well, so I was just going to say that. So, real. um, I'm I'm happy that I was introduced to this song um, because I hadn't heard it before. I feel like a a lot of Jeff Buckley's greats are overlooked because, as you said, like "Hallelujah," it's in the same album as "Hallelujah," and most people only really know "Hallelujah" if they're not that into music. Um, And um, yeah, it's a really nice album. I I listened to quite a few of the other tracks as well. Um, So, um, yeah, would highly recommend.
1: Nice. Well, we'll move on to to Zach, your single. Um, I see that you have broken with shame the limit, Uh, the 10 million
0: stream limit. Can can you explain yourself? Well, you see, Jules, um, when you selected the uh, brief of niche singles, I don't think you quite realized how difficult it would be to find a niche single that we could actually play on the podcast uh, because most of them don't have any copyright. Uh, rights because no copywriting companies know they exist um <laughs> I it works. <laughs> <laughs> so after much trial and error going through all the singles that i wanted to play um that were under 10 million i finally found one uh which was yes shamefully just above 10 million at a um shameful 15 million i think <laughs> um,
3: just above that's quite a bit above you
2: just listen to it five it's million fine. times before the podcast to repay yourself. You know what? It's a good song, so we'll allow it's a it. Great
0: song. Okay, we'll allow. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. So I picked "Mean um, It in the Morning" um, by Laurel um, which is um, off his debut album, I think. Um, Yesterday's Gone, um, and I really, really like this track. Um, it's it kind of combines like lots of elements of kind of bossanova um actually um i found and um very laid back hip-hop and um a bit of jazz in there as well we love a bit of jazz in there um <laughs> before i talk more about it i'm gonna play it as well because uh, yeah it's very well one there so, so this is mean it in the morning by all I, I
2: only say it if you mean it in the morning me, it seems a little more important to see if she be breezy with that easiness of her before we get all caught up in the calling, but the way that I was falling back in line. fidget but feeling it was gold time, sitting with my missus, didn't show signs, lines that were mine, kissing on that cold spine, Love was all and hopeless for I focused on that cold sign, sitting with my bro Claire, sitting to most death, waiting on the day's pay, promising to post checks, but didn't have bigger brother with no bears, melting on the inside, right, so that was show Meet It in the Morning Your by choice.
0: Loyal Kana. Um It's it's so lovely. Um, <laughs> we were all vibing it here, playing it to ourselves. Um, yeah, it's kind of... I love Loyal Karner's rapping style because um, he, he sits like very on the back of the beat, so he's always very laid back, and it feels very calming to listen to, um, which is quite different to a lot of other rap out there. Um, some people can be put off that, like it sometimes sounds aggressive or yeah <laughs> i don't know angry um i actually suggest this to people um who haven't listened to rap before um as a kind of starting point into rap yeah exactly
3: what it feels like you're like kind of sitting there having a coffee with him and just kind of having like a conversation like i know rap is just kind of talking rhythmic uh, just talking rhythmically that sounds really derogatory but it's not it's talking rhythmically but in a kind of cool way but the way he does it feels like you're actually just sitting there having a conversation with him and he's just kind of got that natural flow he's just kind of laid back chilled not yeah. trying to trying to get in your face trying to tell you something he's just kind of you know talking and it's really nice. Yeah, I,
0: I completely agree with that. And also what helps us that, with that is that um, his lyrics are often very honest um, hmm. and very relatable. Um, and again, this is why I suggest it to people who have like bad misconceptions about rap, that it's all kind of sexist lyrics, um, like all just derogatory and like, you know, not, not anything like, this is almost like spoken word. Um, and he takes a lot of inspiration from poets and stuff for his lyrics. Um, it's why I love lor Connor. Um, has also some, I have some little known facts about lor Connor that'll make you love him as well. Um, <laughs> he, um, he loves cooking, um, which is seen in his, some of, some of his songs that are named after famous chefs like Lengi and Carluccio. Um, and he set up his own um, cooking school for children with ADHD um, called um, uh, Chili Con Cana. <laughs> hey, that's that. a good one. I think we can all get behind <laughs> yeah, that's, that pun. That's
3: the dad joke of the episode. Um,
0: isn't it? Yeah, I'm not bringing go. one, like, sorry. It's a dad joke and it's a cooking school. I mean, don't don't you all love him now? Isn't he it's the best? Oh, no. yeah, I, <laughs> actually, I actually watched
3: the documentary about him doing that, um, how he set that up. And it's because he said he's always struggled with like his ADHD and kind of like not being able to express his ideas. And he found that through music, he could do that. And he kind of just wants to give opportunities because, and like you said, he loves cooking and it's just a really sweet thing that he does. And I think he does it in Southeast London somewhere. I'm not actually sure where, but yeah. uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah, It's in South London where he's based. Also actually um, his, his real name is uh, Ben Coyle Lana. Um, His rapper name is loyal Connor, which is a reference to um his dyslexia uh, that he struggled with as a child. Um, I I just love when like, I love when stage names just have like a backstory like that, that Mm. links it to their past and their roots. Um, Yeah. Well, um, yeah, some more more stuff we can talk about in a minute in the morning. Um, Sorry, you you were going to say something. Um, No, I was just going to, it kind of ties in,
1: but basically what, what you and Zeph were saying about his kind of rapping style.
0: And yeah, it's just very
1: easy to listen to. And the fact that it's kind of, slightly slower and more laid back combining with like the on it, it brings out the honest lyrics that you were talking about. Like you can really, they're, they're kind of front and center. Um, mm. And often the kind of grooves that he's wrapping over very chilled, uh, kind of quite thin, kind of simple, which, you know, yeah. means that you can really kind of listen to the lyrics. And on top of that, it's just a really smooth, beat underneath that and i mean i think this song in particular shows that because you've got such a lovely guitar line kind of slightly melancholic oh, yeah. that i'm sure we are going to talk about um and yeah and on top of that you've just got the it's just it's just really really nice to listen to
0: well yeah speaking of the beat um this is this is one of my favorite beats of lord kama's um so it's an eight bar loop um, not a four bar loop um so it's slightly longer than a lot of his um beats and it has more variation which um makes it at least for me more interesting to listen to because there's, there's more variation in the track and often like bits will tie together in the beat with his lyrics when the chord changes and it just it all fits so perfectly together um so actually you know what we can't go through an entire episode without me breaking down some chords um <laughs> that's, that's become a thing now so um I'm going to do that a bit now. Um, I was just going to go through the um, first four chords and explain why I think that just fits in with the vibe so perfectly. Um, So the first thing to say um, is that um, the first four chords take place over a descending bass line. So it goes down from um, A to G to F and then to C. and usually in music when you have like a descending bassline or like a descending melody it kind of gives off like a sad melancholic but like slightly contemplative vibe um which really fits in with uh, mean it in the morning um which is about um like only saying stuff if you mean it like if you're, if you're going to mean it tomorrow not getting caught up in the moment and thinking about you know, meaning the meaning of what you're saying and your actions and and life as well. Um, wow, <laughs> uh, so yeah, know, deep, I'm, meaningful, so deep. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and anyway, so um, the chords are as follows: um, it's, uh, it's a it's a minor nine. I forgot to say the rest of the chords. It's a minor nine that goes to, <laughs> that goes to C major over G. Um, and then it goes to F major seven, which, um, if you don't know, is again, I'll explain it again. It's a it's F major, normal F major chord. And then the top note is taken down to an E, which has this, again, sad but slightly beautiful um, vibe to it, which fits in with the um, vibe of the song again. Um, I love when all of these things tie together. Maybe I'm just tying them together myself, but I feel like Lorcan really thought this all through. Um, yeah, and, yeah, he's a clever guy. He's a clever guy. <laughs> um,
1: okay. okay, well, um, with that, I think we need to come up with some kind of jingle for Zach's theory corner, like uh, <laughs> with a kind of little little choir just going like theory
0: corner, <laughs> oh, yeah. like with, with some incredibly complex harmony underneath it. Well, obviously, indeed, yeah, some just mm. all it- twelve <laughs> semitones
1: just in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, Zach, you can work on that for next episode uh and uh, anyway so we'll move on to my niche single finally and i'm gonna have to well i'm very proud it's the most well at least statistically it's the most niche of all of them um laying down at five million five hundred seven thousand two hundred twenty streams but i do have to apologize because we're repeating an artist um this is a song called disco um ulysses by Wolfpack, who we talked about in the first episode. But um, I couldn't help myself because I was kind of going through Wolfpack and I was really surprised that this song had so few streams because it is so funky. Um, I have a big thing for just funk guitar and that's all there is in this song. It's amazing. I'm going to play it now. Um, But also, I'll I'll say um, listen out for the the intro because there's some interesting timing... Uh, time signature, uh, time signature things going on. Um, it's quite hard to kind of work out what what exactly is going on, and then it comes into the groove. So have a listen out for that. So here it is: uh, Disco Ulysses by Wolfpack. So that was Disco Ulysses by Wolfbeck from their album, uh, The Hill Climber. That's the album, right? Yeah, The Hill Climber. I've said that off the top of my head. Yeah, The Hill Climber. Um, anyway, so this is such a... I mean, it's very. We were, when we first talked about Wolfbeck, we talked about kind of slightly slower funk, uh, slightly laid back, but kind of really well put together. And this is very similar in that it's kind of relatively small band. Um, I think there's about seven of them playing on this track. But uh, it's nice in that you've it's for kind of, so you've got the piano laying down the chords. You've got um, really cool funk guitar, amazing bass line uh, from Joe Dart, as always. Um, and, just kind of, and it's quite relatively slow for a kind of funk track. Um, and it's got these kind of two sections. You know, it's got the main, I guess you call it chorus. It's an instrumental, so it's hard to call it that. Call it that but um, you've got the chorus, and then you've got a kind of little breakdown bit where it's just kind of piano and bass. Um, and then they have a little bridge thing with the build-up, and then it all comes back, back into the um, the final chorus towards the end. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't have too much analysis. But, yeah, there, it, there is an interesting thing at the beginning because um, they're kind of adding beats here and there. It's a bit hard to follow. I haven't actually managed to work out exactly what's going on. I just know that it's not entirely normal. They kind of add a beat, and then they get into the f- first, first thing. I don't know what I'm talking about here. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Zach, save me
3: speak wait actually i've got something to say speaking of an instrumental there's actually a version on youtube which someone added lyrics to it's not great but if you (laughs) want to listen to a version with lyrics there is one um but yeah this this song is so cool i just love the groove i tried to show it um this is a really dumb fact but i used to study classical civilization and um this we studied (laughs) this story the story of ulysses um that's not his name though in when we studied it i can't actually remember his name because i'm bad at Civ apparently but um <laughs> i tried to show my class this because in the youtube in the music video well it's not it's not really a music video it's just kind of them it's just them playing it but um they have the lyrics not the lyrics like a story kind of going along and it's it's kind of cool and it like tells the whole story and it says they dance geometrically and it's, it's very strange but it's very good um and I tried to show my class, and they all thought I was a loser, and they told me to turn it off. But I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's great because I really like the line. and in fact, I learned it because I was so obsessed with this song um, when I first heard it. And it's just—it's just a cool bop. It's just like—it's yeah. just such like head like head. What's the um, thing we said
1: in the first episode? Head popping neck extension, as usual. Ultimate neck extension. There you go, yeah. yeah yes, it's got said, head bopping
3: cool, potential. Yeah. Um, mm. So yeah, that, yeah. It's, that's it's one of my, my favorite,
1: favorite washing up songs. <laughs> when you've got 10 pans to wash and it's looking like a long a long evening
3: so, well, so we've got yacht funk. rock we've got yes what was it yacht washing rock. up funk washing up funk <laughs> What what's the other one we had another one i can't remember it now did we
0: I, we did um, it's gone from my I head a, i think i found a niche um genre called adult natural um, uh. which sounds, weird. <laughs> <That> sounds <laughs> weird it's uh it's um it's kind of like 60s girl group um li- like like doo-wop influenced uh music called adult natural um I, yeah i know someone who's uh who's spotify wrapped most fav- favorite genre was adult natural and they were very confused um, so, <laughs> but <turns> out it's- <laughs> um, so yeah those are all our favourite genres on the side chat podcast. Um. Oh
3: god! If you have any more um, niche genres, okay. do do let us know.
0: Oh yes, your yes, Next episode about do.
1: Viking metal, <laughs> Viking metal. <laughs> <laughs> Nordic jazz. Oh, anyway, actually, there is Nordic jazz. jazz. It's probably um, it's pro- actually it's it's probably quite good now that I think. Anyway, it is really um,
3: good. It, but anyway, just dis- distracting. On
1: on that on that rather sidetrack note we will wrap up part one um but stay around for part two where we'll talk to albert more about his uh new album okay welcome to part two of the sidetrack music podcast it's the artist spotlight again and once again the artist under the spotlight is in the the virtual room with us um, so yeah, so Albert, uh, Genua, who goes under the artist name, of Genua, the new album called, uh, the house on nowhere street, which is out now as you listen to this podcast. Um, so, I mean, what was the kind of inspiration for, you know, starting up such a big project?
2: Well, as I'm sure everyone knows, um, there's a bit of a pandemic, <laughs> uh, just a bit, <laughs> um, which <laughs> one, kick kicked off in about well, got really bad about March, 2020. Um, and I just had so little to do all day. Um, because I was in the school year where we, uh, didn't have our GCSEs. Um, so we didn't have any schoolwork and we couldn't go out. And so there was literally nothing to do. Uh, so I just sort of started recording more and more stuff on logic and then, because it was locked down no one was coming to stay so uh we used the spare room and sort of made it into a bit of a makeshift music studio with keyboards and uh midi drum kit and guitars and microphone and all all the all the bits and bobs and just i sort of just spent so much time in there over the first lockdown making songs most of which have not actually made it onto the album uh But I spent so much time in there making songs that I thought, well, why don't I just, why don't I actually have a goal rather than just kind of sitting in here all day just playing instruments for no particular purpose. So I thought, well, I'll
0: I'll do it as an album. Playing instruments for no particular purpose sounds like exactly what I do all day, every day. (laughs) (laughs) And what I'm going on to study to to do as well. (laughs) But I just thought,
2: if I have a goal then i got something to work towards something to do and then when the lockdown ends I can feel like I've actually done something with my time and as it turns out most of what I did in that time didn't in fact only think two, one or two of the songs from that time made it onto the album at all but um, just continued with it over the summer and the second lockdown and the rest of this this year I've just finished it so yeah
3: that's brilliant um so i want to ask about a few a couple of the songs a couple of my favorites from the album um so i reckon i want to start with no devils in hell which is a great track um so i reckon we should play that first and we can talk about a little bit about it so here's no devils in hell from the house on nowhere street by genoa
1: The key, then I'll try another door. If you have the riches, well, I'd rather be poor. You think yourself a flower with a
2: sense so a sweeter. Well, if that's so, no wonder I've got hay
1: fever. I- 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 yeah. The scent of the
3: So that was No Devils in Hell from Albert's new album. And so Albert, I just wanted to ask, like, kind of where's the inspiration lyrically and musically for this song from? Well, um,
2: musically, um there's there's a huge amount of as anyone who knows them slash him will know or will be able to tell, there's quite a lot of influence from Tame Impala on this track. Mm. Um specifically in the the bass something that he does in bass lines a lot, which I realized and thought it sounds really cool so i want to do it. Is he spends a lot of time on the root root note the octave up and the the ninth and sliding a lot between the octave up and the ninth which is something that i do a lot in the um main baseline of the song and also uh the the to me the real driving force behind the song is the uh synth sound which is um my juno 106 which i really really love and it's a brilliant synth uh, and it sounds amazing and it's I've, it's the same thing uh hard panned both sides but one has got a um a phaser on it so there it's a really kind of wide rich uh, synth sound
3: yeah i and... really love the synth sound and that sounds it's, it's it's such a cool like i mean i mean i, I love your the Junos they're quite a, not a very ma- massively produced um synth were they they're quite like hard to get or
2: well they were they were pretty well produced at the time but they're they're um hard to quite hard to come by now especially in in good condition um i mean they're they Cost more now than when they were new, which I don't, I'm not an expert on since, but that always kind of surprises me a bit because um, I would have thought they'd have been quite like cutting edge buying them in the 80s. But they sound, they sound great. And um, also, this track is the only track on the album which uses um, just standard logic drums because I have better drum VSTs and stuff that I was doing the other ones with, but I just thought I actually like there's nothing that I would change about the drum sound,
3: even though it happens to be a built-in kit. Um, just to explain for people who don't know what logic is, or when we keep talking about logic, worry, it's a, yeah. yeah, don't worry, don't worry. It's a <laughs> digital audio workstation or door, which is like software that musicians and producers Here use. Come the acronyms. Um, <laughs> always, always in music, got to use acronyms. Um, but musicians and producers use it to make tracks. They also use it for like, I mean, you can use it for anything, audio recording, stuff like that. And Albert,
2: well, paint this canvas one.
3: isn't it yeah exactly it's the canvas and the tool and and also the the, the paint and all that it's all the tools that you use and then you yeah you can record into it and you, obviously there's all these other instruments you can bring in and vsts as well which albert mentioned is a virtual instrument i don't know if exactly what it's, if it is just virtual instrument or if it's virtual something instrument but um it's like a, it's an instrument that you can bring in and uh, yeah it's all downloadable online it's all not um like a physical thing that you get so that's okay.
0: Just yeah, you sound like explain. Your marketing logic. <laughs> I, well, I use logic. It's, it's, it's my one.
3: But no, you can, VSTs apply to all doors, and logic is just one of many, many doors um, that people can use. Um, and it's not doors, D-O-O-R-S. It's D-A-W doors. Um, so, yeah, just to clarify for that. Um, but Albert, yeah, back to you about something you were saying um, about the, the Juno, I think. So I have better
2: software drums than the ones that come built into logic ostensibly better ones, but I just, this was one where the kind of built in standard stock drums, I thought sounded really good. So it kind of goes to show that if you don't, it's not necessarily about having the most uh, high end or, or the, the, the best stuff, but it's more like what what suits the song the most.
3: Yeah. That's, tr- that's very and, true. And
2: um, lyrically, uh it takes a lot of inspiration from john cooper clark who uh is one of my favorite poets and um referenced in the album title uh it's a line off one of his um but there's also another double meaning to it which i can get to later but uh he has a poem am i allowed to swear on this podcast no
3: absolutely not we'll bleep it out if you want to swear but
2: well, no, yeah. it's just the name of the well it's the name of the poem so it's
1: <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair
2: enough. <laughs> it's a it's a four letter word um and it's a poem by John Cooper clark, which is fairly well known uh which is i i i listen to um and uh read and it's so <laughs> it's so bitter and and angry and has so many just brilliant lines and insults like um like Oh, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but it's, it's uh, and I was I was in a really angry mood when I wanted to write these lyrics. There are a lot of things to be angry about. Um, one, uh, one one I will divulge in a public sphere is the fact that we had just gone into our third coronavirus lockdown and our, we'd it was dragging on and on and on. And it just seemed to be worse than ever. There are also other reasons but that was more personal reasons
3: that we will not get into on this podcast
2: and um so i i took like a lot of lyrical inspiration from from that poem uh with how i was how i was feeling at the time and uh i hope that the song that's come out of it is good
3: (laughs) i think it's very good um so yeah so that's one of the tracks we've talked about uh so that was no devils in hell if you anyone needs reminding of what it's called um the next track we were going to look at is called up through the creek um and this is another one of favorites of mine and albert's i think as well and so we're going to play that now as well and then we'll talk a bit about it afterwards so here's up through the creek Up Through The Creek from Alva's new album. And again, I want to ask a sort of similar question. What was the musical inspiration and the, um, yeah, the lyrical inspiration as well?
2: Well, I can cover lyrical inspiration pretty easily because this is one of the two songs on the album with literally no meaning. (laughs) Like, like
1: none. (laughs) I love how you just admit that. Uh,
2: Well, because... I just, I wrote the song and I thought, I can't think of anything to write this about. And I like the song and I don't want to ruin it with some like pseudo deep lyrics. So I started, I couldn't get anywhere with the lyrics. So I thought, well, I'm just going to try and incorporate a bunch of references to songs that I do like. Um, so, you know, if you're interested in that, then I suppose you could go and try and work out the songs or lyrics and other songs that I'm, I'm making reference to go
3: find all the Easter eggs. Exactly. But it, it has,
2: <clears throat> it has no meaning. uh So that's that's the lyrics
3: cover. That was easy. Yeah, well, <laughs> that is the meaning. Is the meaning.
2: It, Are yeah. you
0: saying that life has no meaning as well? Like ooh, 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 it's deep. Ooh, oh, wow, that's so deep.
2: Yeah, it's way, it's way. Look, it's just, it's just so many layers of deep. You, the the, the humans can't understand it. I see,
3: yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Albert's not human. I forgot to mention. No, no I don't understand it oh i see that's
2: why, that's why i said it's meaningless it's <laughs> actually got too much meaning for me to comprehend
3: um actually, i actually there is something i wanted to touch on that you use a lot in a lot of your songs which is the use of falsetto singing because uh we've i think we've talked about it before on the podcast so i'm probably not going to go over it again what it is but you use it a lot and i really think it, it adds a lot because you've got a very dynamic vocal range having playing and known you for a while i know you have a very big range and that's that really shows in this album it's quite uh cool so i just Wanna know why you why you like to use that and like yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I wanted to ask but it's something to do with Falsetto. Well <laughs> the the my
2: favourite band in the world is Radiohead. And uh you can hear in any of his any of Tom York's singing that kind of really dreamy sort of I I don't know the names of the octaves by numbers, but the tops the 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 highest E-string on the guitar up to the 12th fret on the highest E string of your car, that sort of range. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> so, yes. Someone all plays, of us know what you're talking someone, about. <laughs> someone who, someone who knows where that yeah. range is can, can help. But uh, that sort of range, um, uh, he sings in a lot. And I, even bef- before they were my favorite band, when I was, uh, listening to a lot of like Guns N' Roses and Nirvana, which I will never try and sing like them because it would just be embarrassing. Um, even when I was listening to them, I always and knew Radiohead a bit, I always thought, I sound I sing quite a lot like this guy from Radiohead uh, and then I really fell in love with their music and I thought, well, if it's my favourite type of music and I can sing like it, and they end up their, Radiohead are probably the biggest inspiration on the album as a whole, but that's something that something that just works its way from what i listen to a lot into the music
3: thank you yeah that's cool um also yeah so back to up through the creek what was the kind of musical like kind of inspiration for that well it came from
2: uh an alternate tuning on guitar which to me are like they're like magic alternate tunings or open tunings because it's like you've got all the if you can play the guitar then you've got all the technique of you know what to do with your fingers and like you know how to pluck the strings and do hammer-ons and pull-offs and all of that but it's like you've got a whole new instrument if you've tuned all the strings to different notes so this particular one the standard guitar tuning is the notes uh e a d g b e but um which lends itself to you can play lots of different chords very easily and it lends itself to a lot of simple keys like E, mi- uh, e minor specifically is the guitarist's favorite key. Um, but uh, uh, this particular one is in open G tuning, which is D G D G B D, um, wow. which is uh, a tuning used by um, a guy who's uh, a guy called Miles Kennedy, who um, is in a Alter bridge is his band and he sings for slash as well, but he uses it in a lot of his solo work. And I was always a big fan of him, and I learned a lot of his songs in this tuning. I thought, well, why don't I try doing something on my own in this tuning? So that's where that sort of came from. Uh, and it was originally on acoustic guitar. But uh, I just thought, well, I'll, I'll try it on acoustic guitar, and then I tried a slightly different tempo on the electric guitar, and I, I happen to like that version more. Uh, but it's it, it really comes from the tuning. Because as soon as you try it and you... Uh, alternate tuning you you don't you never know what you can play and you'll sort of always stumble into finding something that you like um and 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 shapes that work and and ideas that work and that's just what happened to come out for uh when i played in that tuning so that's where that song came from
0: it must be quite disorientating at first it
2: is well it's i guess it's like playing a piano with all the keys in a different order
0: yeah <laughs> yeah yeah
2: i can imagine it, it is really disorienting and and as soon as you put your unless you like a Googling chord shapes or you have a book or whatever um as soon as you put it in a new tuning you've tried before and you try and play anything it will sound horrible you'll be playing like a you know f sharp major chord and a c major chord at the same time <laughs> uh and it'll just sound horrible <laughs>
0: so you but work out a lot you'll eventually
2: voice? you'll eventually sort of realize oh hang on well if this is you know, if this shape works and I slide it up to frets and cause you get a lot of chords that are technically like complex chords, just because you, if you're, because it's open G, the song will be in G major. Um, and therefore, unless you're fretting all of the note, all of the strings, you've got a lot of chord, a lot of notes that are in the chord of G major ringing at all times. Mm. So like, uh, I, the first chord I play is a C which got G in it anyway but then next one I play is D which D major chord which doesn't have a G in it but I'm still playing it with the G in it because uh that's just the nature of the tuning and it creates a really nice um like atmosphere and, and, and dissonance which yeah, is I mean, think it, really cool. It kind of keeps you in the I key like.
3: center doesn't it because it kind of it really yeah, simplifies you in it, G. Yeah.
2: Pretty impossible to modulate, but um, it it unless you want to put a kappa on a different fret, but um, halfway through the song, but um, it it does make it, and the pre-chorus, well, there's no singing in it, but the the little instrumental bit before the chorus and up through the creek, uh, has I really like the, the chord sequence there. I'm not entirely sure what it is. It's just a lot of kind of different chords, um, with <laughs> cause I'm playing five of the six strings of the guitar, but, uh, I'm only ever fretting two or three, which means you've got this, um, G and D pedal ringing over these various different chords, which is something also inspired by the t- So really I, I didn't write it. I think the
0: tuning probably wrote it for me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, we've talked about pedal notes in this podcast before. Uh, um, we have you they can be to ground different chords and like blend them together. Um, i think it works really well on this track as well actually
3: so yeah that song i want to sort of speak about the structure because you kind of it's very not acoustic acoustic's not the right word because it's using electric guitar but um it's the first kind of the bit first sections until you get it's to clean. the last chorus is clean yeah it's clean and it's much it's kind of much more chill and doesn't feel like super intense i mean it's still it's still got all the same elements like the elements of the song don't change but when you get to the final chorus it feels like a massive kind of like opening up and like because the drums come in and you know there's more instruments i'm not sure if there's any synths in there but like it opens up and i kind of just wanted to ask you about like kind of how you did that and why you did that as well
2: well i originally I, I i did the whole song on just acoustic guitars at first and it's always good to do a few things differently and when the chorus comes back um i mean you don't know, have to but it can be a bit boring if you're listening to completely the same thing you know, whether you want to change the words or a bit of the melody or some of the harmonies or something. Uh, so when I'd done it on acoustic guitars, I thought this is just the same thing twice, but one section has different words. So I thought, well, I want to, I want to change it. And like the, I love all the kind of like real kind of classic rock music. And even up to the nineties, some of the stuff we consider classic rock. Uh, and I play a lot of guitar and there's not really that many guitar solos on the record. So I thought I'd quite like to sort of get one in. Um, (laughs) And I'd, I'd got a new distortion pedal. I wanted to try that out. Um, And uh, so I just felt it would be a good way to give the, Give it a lot more, especially because it's you know, by that point of the song, if there's nothing changing you're and it's near the end, you're kind of getting a bit lethargic of it, starting to really kind of inject a load more energy into it at the kind of last stretch.
0: Did you improvise the solo? Um,
2: uh, I improvised the no, I improvised the end bit, but cool. um, the first bit is on um, the first sort of couple bars are with a slide, and then I did uh, yeah.
3: Cool um yeah, yeah, so that was that was up through the creek, and we we spoke a lot about that um, and now we're going we're going to listen we're going to listen and speak about the last song that we're well, that we 're going to talk about, um which is called "Everything is made of water, and I just want to put a little like footnote, quick little note. this song made me cry and <laughs> i don't often do that with music and it was i mean music does obviously is is emotive, but this one is particularly emotive and maybe now by me saying this it won't make you cry because you're going to try not to but for me it really did make me emotional and i think that's a really really amazing thing to do I've, that doesn't happen often so i really congratulate you albert on making such a emotive track um Thank but anyway here's is, everything is made of water um yeah <laughs>
1: The more you get, the more you start to look smaller.
3: Yep, that was Everything is Made of Water. And uh, fortunately, I didn't cry this time. Um, but that's probably because I cried before when I was listening to it. But um, <laughs> no no shame in that, no shame in that. Um, and the reason why there's no shame is because it's such a brilliant song. And um, I, I could see everyone when they were listening to it. It's kind of, they're all looking into the distance. It gives you such emotive feeling. And I, I really, really like that. And I just wanted to ask you, Albert, what the inspiration for this lyrically and musically again because i it's just <laughs> I'm very interested.
1: <laughs> well I Zephyr, come on, get original. <laughs> get original.
3: I'm not <laughs> well, well, the same on... question three times. <laughs> I think on this one
2: I'm gonna leave the I'll leave the lyrics up to individual interpretation. Um, but um, the title Everything is made of water it's um there's I don't know I don't know how you say it, I don't know if it's like Thales or Thales or whatever. He was like uh pre-socratic philosopher in ancient greece <laughs> and um
0: yeah, wow. i was, was a bit this... of a nerd
2: if you guys didn't know um... he was a... <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> and he was this um guy, uh, he was a guy who was like um oh hang on like uh, i can't remember his exact thought process but he was like if water is needed for life right and like everything exists then everything must be made of water right and we know it we know now that he's wrong but this is like, it was like the first <laughs> time in history.
3: <laughs> we, I you know, hope this, we
2: know. <laughs> but it was like the first time ever that anyone had ever been like, well, maybe like had tried to like think and like use logic to explain, not the lo- dog Not the, not door the d- digital use, audio uh, workstation. <laughs> use, it's the first time anyone had tried to use kind of logic to work out why the world existed rather than just being like, oh, it must be, you know, the Greek gods or whatever. Yeah. so he's obviously a pretty clever bloke um but that's the title and musically um uh i was this was another one that was originally on the acoustic guitar and i've been listening to a lot of um leonard cohen uh like um early leonard cohen like a uh, famous blue raincoat suzanne that type of era uh which on acoustic guitar you could if i was singing it an octave lower on acoustic guitar you could imagine that being a, a leonard cohen song Uh, And one thing I like is the uh, verses in 6-8 and the uh, uh, pre-chorus things in 4-4, which kind of takes you by surprise a bit. Yeah, I was going to mention that, actually. Playing the 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 same arpeggiated figure, but I'm just adding two more notes in. Um, It's a very simple song, instrumentally. It's only one guitar and vocals and a really subtle synth in the second half of the song. And um, I... No, it's such a cliche in music, but I
1: really love the minor plagal cadence. Um, I just that is love it possibly, so possibly you've you've possibly just said the most geeky thing ever heard on the podcast today.
0: That is <laughs> that is just speaking music to my ears. Um, to, to walk you out there, <laughs> let me demonstrate the final plagal cadence. It, um, oh my days! So it goes like, oh, isn't that just incredible? <laughs> Okay, one key for what you used. Well, I can't remember what no, key no. I
2: was going in, but I I had it as the um, the uh, and then uh, that's oh. very out tune my guitar, but it's, um, that's beautiful, man. That
3: is yeah, beautiful. It's way
1: better than I play that That's so I think I,
3: that's the bit that probably makes me cry. It's that bit with the also the harmony you do in the verse. That that bit where you you harmonize yourself. It's uh, a very yeah. small moment, but that bit. Is i re- I don't know what the harmony is, but it's amazing. It's only
2: in uh, it's only in thirds. I think it's just is because it? like normally you get songs with like you know there's like a harmony every line and stuff, and so you kind of or there's lots of instruments and there's drums and bass and everything and it kind of gets lost. But I think because it's just those two lines, as soon as a third thing comes in, it really really sticks. out it's sort of the opposite effect of what uh, you were saying earlier with that horn part in your in the single that you. Brought, oh, so.
3: final form, yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, yeah, it's the opposite of that. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's we've spoken a lot about Albert's songs and yeah. we, we, we could not recommend highly enough to go listen to this album fully. Um, and it's, it's out, so it's all available, I'm assuming, all major, pla- major streaming platforms. On all um, major streaming services. On all major streaming services. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Zach had one final question to finish us off.
0: Oh yeah, sorry. It's a bit of a sidetrack. Um, but being now a niche artist out there on Spotify... Um, <laughs> I was wondering how you feel about how Spotify kind of treats artists. I don't know if you know much about them, um, but like would you have rather been born in an era where people bought CDs and kind of tracing sales is much easier than Spotify? Well,
2: in in, in some ways, yes, and in some ways, no, because uh, they say musicians are in the T-shirt business now, but... (laughs) which to an extent is is true and they make most of the money from not from streams and you know people buying c1 cd is more than god knows how many streams but so in one sense it would have been great to be you know born in an era where you know that wasn't a problem but also if i was born in that era you know that i wouldn't have had logic on on a laptop in my room yeah. And I wouldn't have had Spotify to be able to draw influences from all of these millions of different places. And I, you know, as as horrible as the time was, I wouldn't have had the lockdown to have the time to be able to do it. So you never know how anything would go in a different time.
0: That's true. Actually, what you said about um, having all these resources available to you, like logic and being able to have your own home studio is very relevant to this time. And, could never have happened
2: mm. there's never been a time yeah. that you can just go and listen to any music throughout history whenever you want and that's such a anyone who's alive to, like today and has access to a spotify or a musical, youtube or anything we take for granted how lucky we are because uh, you know 150 years ago you'd hear your favorite piece once in your life mm. that's strangely.
0: wow although yeah actually so, some part of me um doesn't like the fact that you can just skip between each song as like whenever you can, I feel like it kind of plays into this whole, nobody has a um, attention span anymore because you know, before people would buy an album and listen to the whole album and get into it. But now it's more like single, single, single.
2: Yeah. You can still do that though. I, you know, you still buy, buy it, sure records and there's pros and cons of everything, but you know, as the old moves out, the new moves in.
1: Yeah. Well, on such a, a deep note, <laughs> We should wrap up. Um, next episode, we'll be talking about our favorite minor plagal cadences. Um... <laughs> no, I joke. We it, it will not be that. It will be something. Um... No, well. It's not. <laughs> oh, I'm not listening. I'm not listening. I'm not listening. next one. Um, Anyway. Yes. Yeah, so we don't know what's going to be next episode, but I'm sure it will be. Captivating as always, but um, that was a really cool interview. Thanks for doing that, Albert. Is uh, I, I learned a lot about the guitar and the uh, I, yeah, I, I just thought it was, it was really interesting. very much for having me. Yeah, uh, um, a pleasure. So, um, today we've t- we've talked about our favorite niche singles. We had um, disco Ulysses, Wolfpeck, we had Final Form, uh, we had So Real and Mean It in the Morning from Loyal Um And then we, yeah, we talked about um, the house on nowhere street from Genoa. Uh, So link to, uh, well, all our socials is in the the podcast description. Please do subscribe, share the podcast with your friends if you enjoyed um, and leave a review or rating as well. That really helps us grow the podcast. I know it's annoying to ask, but there there it is. Uh, But anyway, thanks so much for tuning in and see you next time.
0: Sidetracked, the music podcast.